Kentucky police officer was kind of going through an examination. It was a training course, and they, they were talking. And, and one, of, one of his instructors asked the question of him, uh, said, well, what would you do? You're, you're at a traffic stop, and a, a crowd starts to gather around, and, and it, there's kind of some tension going. He said, what would you do to disperse this threatening crowd? And the rookie police officer thought for a while, and then he said, you know what I'd do? I'd take an offering. I'll let that sink in. No, no sermon uh, strikes fear into the heart of parishioners. And I'll, let me just be honest with you. No sermon strikes uh, more fear into the heart of a pastor than, than speaking on giving and what our responsibility is, uh, is to that. But, but, but the reality is uh, preaching on giving is something that, that we uh, must do. Let me point out a couple of reasons. First of all, it's biblical. You cannot read God's Word without seeing that God talks about uh, our finances and talks about our responsibility with that. You can't read the New Testament without realizing that Jesus talks actually quite a bit about giving, and even within the epistles and, and the letters that it's talked about quite a bit. The other thing I want to point out this morning, and the approach that I want to take, and I didn't, I didn't know whether to say this or not, but actually today and next Sunday as well, we're going to look at giving from a positive standpoint. This is not something that's negative. In fact, it, it is actually very positive because God wants to bless us. So this morning we're going to talk about, about giving that feels good. Not, not giving till it hurts, but instead giving till it feels good. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 9. Uh, over the next couple of weeks, we'll look at some verses back and forth in that section, chapter 8, chapter 9 of 2 Corinthians. But let me give you just a little bit of uh, a background of what's going on. Paul has written this letter to the church at Corinth, and in chapters 8 and 9, he talks about uh, he talks about a situation where the churches in Macedonia, so uh, two or three churches in the whole area of Macedonia, had taken up a special offering. Uh, the, the church in Jerusalem was going through a, a particularly hard time. They were going through a time of persecution, and the Christians there were losing their jobs because they believed in Christ. They were losing their livelihoods. They were, in some cases, losing their lives because of Christ. And the church in Jerusalem was really struggling. And Paul had just presented that need. And the churches in Macedonia decided, even though they were poor, and even though, as you read the epistles, they were struggling with persecution, and they were going through hardship, they decided that they were going to take special offerings. They were going to set aside money every Sunday, every Lord's Day, to, to, to help with the, the need there. And so, so Paul is talking to the church in Corinth and praising and encouraging the church at Corinth by what the churches in Macedonia had done. So if you have your Bibles, look with me in 2 Corinthians chapter 9. We're going to read just a couple verses here this morning, uh, 6 and 7. Remember this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Each man should give what he's decided in his heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. I, I want to uh, I, I want to point something out here this morning that God wants us to give in a cheerful way. We're going to look today just at, at two simple thoughts, two simple ideas that that I think that we see, and, and we'll look at them. Here's the here's the first one. What what is the motivation for giving? What is our motivation for giving? There's a couple things that we have to understand. Here's the first one. You may find this a little bit odd, and you, you may you may think I'm crazy here, but you know what? God doesn't need your money. Now, now hear me correctly on that. God doesn't need your money. Now, for some of you, 
That may be a whoo. Man, I'm glad to hear that. That means I don't have to give, right? Well, we'll talk a little bit about that later. But but God doesn't need our money. If if we come to uh, to, to church with the worldview that I have, and, and and that worldview is is really simple. I think most of us probably share that that God is the creator of our universe. That we are in existence because God is all powerful and all loving and all knowing. And, and, and if God created this universe, if God created life, if God is the sustainer, the, our world keeps on spinning, earth spins on its axis because God is in control. If that's what we believe, and that's what I believe, I assume most of you believe the same way. If, if that is our worldview, then, then understand this. If God created everything, he doesn't need anything that we can give. Uh, how small-minded and short-sighted of me if I, if I somehow believe God needs my money. How, how could we believe that, that, it, that God depended on us? If I'm going to, this is God speaking, if I'm going to get the message of my love, if, if I'm going to have people know about Jesus, my son that I sent to die on the cross for you, if, if that's going to go out there, then I have to depend on people to make that happen. They, I have to depend on people giving. I, I hope the people in Troy give money or there's no way anyone will ever know about Jesus. Well, that's, that's just foolishness. God doesn't need our money. Now, now I want you to understand, I, I'm speaking individually, so take this very person. I'm speaking to you as I'm speaking to myself. Uh, the ministry of this church is going to get done. God is going to be glorified. We are going to share the, 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 the message that Jesus went to the cross and died and that God loves us and we're to love one another. That's going to happen whether you give a dime to this church or not. Or whether you give a dime to this church. Am I in trouble yet, elders? Do I still have a job? Okay. God doesn't need your money. But God wants your heart. Catch that? He doesn't need your God's going to make sure it happens. It's going to happen. But God wants your heart. This church has a, this church has a rich history. I hope you understand. I hope you, you, you know, uh, particularly maybe some of you newer people may not. This church has a rich history of doing the work of the Lord and, and being very missional in its thinking and in its mindset. Let me just give you an example. Now, I don't, I didn't ask anyone what, what it used to be years ago, but, but I know a few years ago, the church, and maybe it's been like this for a long time, the church, decided as a church that we are going to give 10% of our income, a, a biblical tithe. We'll talk a little bit more about that later and then also next week. But as a church, we our, our leadership decided we're going to give just what God had asked. God asked for 10%, we're going to give 10%. So we, we made it a pledge in this church, our leadership did, uh, some time ago that we're going to give every dollar that comes in, 10% of that is going right back out the doors. It's going to go to it's going to go to Bible colleges, and it's going to go to orphanages, and it's going to go to mission fields, and, and, and we're going to give 10%. And a few years ago, I guess three years ago, they said, you know what, that's not enough. Uh, 10% is a tithe. Anything over that's an offering. So our church decided that, that we're not just going to tithe, we're going to give an offering to, to mission. So we decided every year for the next five years, we'll add a percent. So a couple of years ago, we moved it to 11%. Last year, 12%. Uh, we've got a board meeting. We'll talk about our budget this uh uh, in, in, a, in a week, and we'll, we'll move hopefully to 13%, and next year 14, and the year after that 15. Uh, so that we're giving, so every dollar you get 15% is going, uh, go, going missionally somewhere to do the work of the Lord. So as a church, church, we believe this stuff. As a church, 
our leadership says, you know what, we're, we're just going to trust God that we can pay the, the electric bill and the gas bill and we can pay our salaries and we can do all the other stuff. We can buy our donuts. I picked up the donuts today and the lady there said, wow, that's a lot of donuts. Hope you enjoy those donuts. I trust that God's going to provide donut money uh, even if we give more and more to his work. I, that's just the way it's going to be. But but I want you to understand, I, I don't want to necessarily toot a horn, but I want you to understand our church and our mindset. Because we don't just give right now or 12% next year, 13 But But if you add what we give in alms, um, we give another probably 2 or 3% in alms. Uh, we, we mentioned the Cluck family. Our, our leadership got together. Some of us, if you didn't get asked, uh, Craig, Craig decided. Where's Craig? He's in the nursery. Uh, but some of us decided... Uh, we're going to give uh, some money from alms, $500 to the Cluck family. Say, hey, here, hey, we just want to bless you. You know, go buy some clothes, whatever you need. This is, this is what, and, and our alms ministry, another 2 or 3% goes almost all of it right in our, in Donovan County, in, in our families around here. If someone has a need, boy, we meet that need. You need gas, you need help paying a bill. That's what we do. Uh, and, and on top of that, we have people that give to missions over and above that. John could probably give you some numbers on that, but, but, but I, I wouldn't doubt that if, it, that it's 18 to 20% of money that's given ends up going right back out of our doors to meet needs of other people. So as a church, that's our mindset. That's our heart. And God doesn't want you to give because He needs your money. He wants us to give because He wants our heart. He wants our heart. Jesus put it this way. Jesus simply said in, in uh, Matthew chapter 6, where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. So if you treasure the things of the world, if you pr- treasure possessions and money and things like that, that's really where your heart's going to be. And if you treasure God, then you're not going to hold on to those things nearly uh, as much. So so let's look, first of all, at motivations to give. Uh, sometimes we give out of guilt. Uh, in in fact, I would assume when, when I first started saying, hey, I'm going to talk about giving, you're thinking, oh, okay, I know. I know, you're going to yell at us, right? You're, you're, you're going to make me feel guilty. You know, I don't, I don't want anyone giving a penny out of guilt. God doesn't ask, God doesn't try to guilt us into giving. And, and, and I don't want anyone to feel guilty and give for that, that, that reason. Um, the truth is, if, if I took that motivation, I could probably get you to, I could probably get you to give. I, I could throw up some pictures of starving kids and, we, we can look at some families that, you know, the kids didn't have clothes or ratty clothes and no shoes and their houses are falling down. And, you know, I could, I could tug at your heartstring and I could probably get you to give or I, I, I could berate you somehow when you're not giving and, you know, that's not gonna, that's not gonna work. If I try to, to, to have you give out a compulsion, you're only gonna get upset. L- let me illustrate. Last, uh, last Tuesday night, Reed and I went down to Liberty where our son and daughter-in-law and their two sons live. And we, we babysit on Tuesday nights. And, and after supper, Caleb, my son, before they left uh, to go to Bible study, my, my, my uh, son gave uh, my grandson, Reed, who will be almost three, or just about three here in a couple months, said he could have some candy, leftover Halloween candy. And, and by the way, man, Halloween candy stinks now, doesn't it? I mean, they're just little bitty portions and... and because I'm thinking when he gets that down, I'm thinking later on, I'm going to sneak in there and I'm going to take some of Reed's candy. And there was nothing good in there. So I didn't even get any of it. But but he gets it down and Reed pokes through and finally picks out this little bitty box. And 
I don't remember now what it was, but he dumped it out on the counter, and it looked almost like Skittles. It wasn't, but he dumped them out on the counter, counter and Reed's standing there looking at, you know, there's like six of them. He takes and puts one in his mouth and takes another. And, and, and then I, I, I sometimes do things without thinking. Amen? Okay. And, uh, and I said to Reed, hey, Reed, can Papa have some of your candy? And I, I guess what I expected him to do, and as soon as it hit me that I expected him to do that, I felt guilty that I'd ask. Because what I expected him to do, really, honestly, was to wrap his arms around those last three or four and pull them close to himself and say, no, they're mine. That's what I really expected him to do. Of course, then it hit me, well, if he does that, then Caleb's going to say, no, Reed, you give some candy to Pawpaw. And Reed's going to start crying, and then Caleb's going to pick one up and put it in his hand and force him to hand it to me. And I didn't really want the candy anyway. I was just kidding. And, and, and I expected that to happen. That would be Caleb forcing him to give out of guilt and compulsion. You're going to give that, because I said you have to. Uh, now, I was surprised, because... Um, this time it happened. Next time it may not happen this way. He picked up a piece and, here, Papa. Uh, now, my heart melted. I like, I don't, you keep it, Reed. I didn't really want it. Now, now here's kind of actually a biblical principle as well. His willingness to give, give actually made me think later on, you know what, if he asks for more candy, I'm going to give it to him. <laughs> but just because his attitude and mindset was there. So we don't, we don't give out of, of guilt. That's not a motivation to give. We might give out of responsibility. Now, you'll notice as we go through these these uh, steps that they, they, they each one gets just a little bit better. We might give out of responsibility or or the, the motivation is uh, from an attitude of I, I, I ought to get. And it's not bad. I mean, that's not bad that, that we have an attitude of ownership that, well, I feel responsible. This is my church and, and you know, I feel like I ought to give something, I ought to put something, you know, so that's not... A, a terrible, but let me let me point out this: when we give out of just a sense of responsibility, number one, we're really not very generous. And even though it may provide us a little bit of cheerfulness, we may be be a little excited about that. It may give us some joy. It's probably not a whole lot. Let me illustrate. This summer, I went to a convention, uh, North American Christian Convention, it was in Kansas City, and and the first night I was there, they had a main speaker, and and before he got up to speak, a guy got up and gave a, uh, a an offering uh, plea, and basically. Uh, now I felt they were trying to make us feel guilty, <laughs> so they were using guilt. But hey, we got we got to pay for this, and and uh, what we charge you to be here is not going to be enough. We got to give, and and so as the place came around, now I wasn't feeling necessarily guilty, but I felt responsible. I, you know, I'm here, I'm enjoying the speakers, and I'm enjoying the class, and I'm enjoying all the the fellowship. And so I reached in my pocket, and I put a little bit of money. Now I wasn't very generous, I'll, I'll be honest. Uh, because I gave out of a sense of responsibility. Not a bad reason, but, but there's some better ones. Sometimes we give to meet a need. Now, now I, I like this one because it really, this shows the hearts of people. Uh, when you see a need, uh, we, we talk about a situation. Hey, hey, we have a need here. Will you, will you give to this? And you're moved by that. And, 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 and it provides, it's getting close to what, what is actually what we should do because it provides a, a sense of cheerfulness and a sense of joy when I when I give to a need. I know, man, I'm going to feel good about doing that. We tend to be a little bit more generous when there's a, a need given. Let me let me illustrate. Last, uh, I think it was last June. I set a jug up here on the stage. We'll probably do it again this year. I set a jug on the stage and said, "Hey, will you put coins in that jug?" 
and we're going to use that money and give it to the family that we're building a house for in Mexico. And I was blown away. Number one, I thought a couple people would come up here and, and I had to, remember I had to stop the sermon because the line was back there. People coming up and dumping coins and coin purses and some people stuffed. It was supposed to be coins, but we did take cash. People, you know, someone put $75 in there and one big old wad of, uh, of, of uh, what, but it was a need. They're like, man, I can help this family. And, and I will point out, we, I, I visited the house that we built this summer, uh, and, and the family has taken great ownership and pride in that house and they, they fix it up and put a sidewalk around it, put tile on the floor, and, and, and we believe in part because we gave them, you know, four or five hundred dollars, six hundred dollars, whatever it was, to, to, to bless them, and they were able to do that. So, uh, so when we give to a need, it's, it's good. The problem is, uh, we can't come up with a need every week. You know, if I, every Sunday I, I put up another picture, you, for a while you're gonna get numb to that. And, and so while it motivates us, it's not really a great motivation. Uh, we got to see deeper than that. Wayne Smith, who's a uh, a famous preacher in the Christian uh, Church uh, um, Fellowship uh, from Lexington, Kentucky, he uh, has a great sense of humor, big, short, uh, round, barrel-chested guy, just a great guy. Someone came to Wayne Smith one time and said, Wayne, uh, Brother Smith, um, if I don't tithe, will I go to hell? And uh, Smith thought for a while and said, no, 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 no. He said, you'll still go to heaven. You won't go to hell, but someone else might. In other words, what he was saying is, when you don't give, money's not there for something else to happen, so it might take place. Dave Ramsey, uh, some of you know him, maybe read his his books or listened to him on the radio. He says this, if all Christians in America tithe, there would be no more welfare. In 90 days, there would be no existing church or hospital debts. In the next 90 days, the entire world would be evangelized. There would be prayer in school because Christians would buy all the schools. Only simply if, and, and the numbers bear this out, if, if just Christians tied. So, so need will motivate us so far, but it doesn't get us all the way there. Uh, how about in Thanksgiving? If, if I give in Thanksgiving, I'm, I'm excited. God has blessed me and I want to give because God has done something great. If you have your, your Bibles, look over, uh, uh, in, uh, in, uh, chapter, uh, chapter nine there in second Corinthians where we still are. Oh no, let's go back to chapter eight. Let's get the right. Right, chapter chapter 8, verses uh, 11 to 13, and notice what he says there. Now finish the work so that your eager willingness to do it may be matched by your completion of it according to your means. For if the willingness is there, the gift is acceptable according to what one has, not according to what he does not have. Our desire is not that others might be re, uh, relived, relieved while you are hard-pressed, but that there might be equality. Uh, we are called to give in thanksgiving. Do we give thanks for what we give? Uh, in, in Mark chapter 12, Jesus gave an example. We, we preached a sermon on this a, a couple months ago. Uh, a, a lady was at the, the offering place in the temple, and Jesus watched as some put in great amount of money, and this lady put in just a couple small coins. And, and Jesus said she gave more than everyone else because she gave out of her, her poverty and they gave out of her wealth, their wealth. When we give in Thanksgiving, there, there certainly is cheerfulness there. There certainly is cheerfulness there. But what if you're not in a place of Thanksgiving? Sometimes we struggle. But here, here's the reason we should give. We should give as an act of worship. Look in 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 5. There it simply says this. And they did 
not do it, then they did not do as we expected, but they gave themselves first to the Lord and then to us in keeping with God's will. What is the motivation for give, for giving? What should really motivate us? We should give because it's an act of worship. Worship, God bless you. Worship is two things. Worship is two things. First of all, worship is when we acknowledge who God is. So, so when we sing our praise songs, when we, when we pray a, a, a prayer of worship, when we read scripture and, and we're, we're worshiping with that, worship is acknowledging who God is. And the second thing that worship is, it is acknowledging our need of God. Or, in, in other words, it's, it's acknowledging who we are. It, worship acknowledges who God is and acknowledges who we are. Giving then, in its truest sense, in its truest form, is worship. It is us saying to God that we know who He is and that we need Him and we trust Him. We are acknowledging that our treasure is in Him and not in the world. Now catch this. It demonstrates to God, it demonstrates to God who He is to us and it proves to us where our treasure is. It demonstrates to God and proves to us where our treasure is. So as we set off on our faith journey, a goal would be 10%. That's a scriptural goal. Uh, but, but as you set on your journey, wherever you are, whether you're at 1% or 2% or, or 5% or 8, wherever, wherever you might be, as you set on that, that, that goal, God is asking us when you give, that you give so as an act of worship. Acknowledging God, you are God. And I'm not. Now let's look and we'll, we'll try to go quickly here and finish up. The, the mystery of, of godly giving, the, the motivation, what motivates us. We, we need to have the right motivation. I don't want you to give out of guilt or just only because of need or, or, or I'm just thankful. So I've got, I, I want you to give because uh, it deals with God's heart and your heart with Him. But let's look at the mystery of giving. Let's look at simply three things. God, first of all, God produces. When we understand these mysteries, it'll help us give as an act of worship. God produces. If you have your Bibles, turn over to uh, Psalm, keep it there in first, uh, in second Corinthians, but over in Psalm chapter 50, I want you to read, uh, along with me. Psalm, Psalm chapter 50, starting with verse 7. We'll read a few verses there. Psalm chapter 50, starting verse 7. Hear, O my people, and I will speak. O Israel, and I will testify against you. I am God, your God. I do not rebuke you for your sacrifices or your burnt offerings, which are ever before me. I have no need of a bull from your stall or of goats from your pens. For every animal in the forest is mine and the cattle on a thousand hills. I know every bird in the mountains and the creatures of the field are mine. If I were hungry, I would not tell you, for the world is mine and all that is in it. See, see, God, as I mentioned earlier, God doesn't need what we have because God already owns it. Do you realize that what we have, God already owns? Several years ago, uh, Congressman Bob McCune had taken his kids to uh, McDonald's, and and as they sat down with their meal, uh, he looked over at his son and he smelled the French fries on his son's plate, and he reached over to grab one of the French fries, and as he did, his son slapped his dad's hand uh, and said, "Dad, Dad, Dad, those are mine." And McCune said he pulled his hand back and. And was kind of shocked for a second and thought, you know, now, how, how do I respond to this? And, and then he began to think, well, you know, this is a teaching moment. <laughs> like, bend over, time. 
teach you. No, that's not what. He said, this is a teaching moment. He said, he thought to himself, does my son not realize that just a couple minutes before, I walked up to the counter, and I took my wallet out, and I took cash out, and I bought those fries. He said, does my son not realize that if I want to, I can take all of those fries. I'll just reach over and take them, and he can't have any of those. He said, does my son not realize that if I wanted to, I could go over and I could buy 20 boxes of french fries and dump them all on top of him? Does he not realize that I don't really need his fry? I can go buy my own uh, and, and, and have a fry that way. He said this was the whole point. He says, I wanted him to realize, I, I wanted him to, to be willing to share what he had, what I had already given to him. See, what we have is God's. Now I know you might say, hey, yeah, but I work hard for it. Yeah, but where, where did the air come from that you breathe? And, and where did the brain come from that you used to make? You know, God, God owns it all. So, so He provided it. That's the first mystery. If we understand that, we understand everything. God, uh, God uh, produced it. God also provides. If you have your Bibles, turn over with me to to Malachi chapter three. Malachi chapter three. This is a verse I'm sure some of you are very familiar with. Malachi three ten to twelve it says, "Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse." That there may be food in my, in my house. Test me in this, says the Lord Almighty, and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that you will not have room for it. See, God challenges us that He will provide for us if we trust. If we trust. The guy went to his pastor and he said, 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 Pastor, I'm, I'm, I'm having a struggle. I just want to talk to you about this. He said, back when I was making $50 a week, I, I tithe. I was making $50 a week, and every Sunday I put $5 in the offering plate. I didn't have a problem with that. And, and then things got better, and I was making $500 a week. And, and so, so every Sunday I'd put $50 in the offering plate, the offering plate, and I didn't have a problem with it. I said, now I'm making $5,000 a week, and I just, can't, I just can't write a check for $500. I'm struggling with that. And the pastor said, well, let's pray about it. And so, so he said, great, get, you know, I, I want your prayer. And so, so he began to pray and he said, dear Lord, would you help this man only make $500 a week so he can tithe again? <laughs> God, God provides for us. I, I remember from one of the, the debates, this may have been, uh, years ago, uh, I think it was, uh, George, uh, Bush that's, made a comment about fuzzy math, you know, as they were talking about different tax cuts or whatever, and, oh, that's fuzzy math. And, and, and you know what? God's math is fuzzy. We can't understand. How, how can God say, you know what, if you trust me with 10%, you're going to be just as prosperous if you hadn't given anything else? That doesn't make sense, does it? It doesn't make sense that if, I, if I'm struggling and I still trust to give God more of my money that he's going to still take care of it. It doesn't make sense. That's fuzzy math. But that's what God says. In fact, one of the only promises, one of the only promises of blessing is, is there in, in Malachi where he says that, test me. The only time he tells us to test him, test me when you give and see if I won't do that. And, and finally, God protects. See, we, we, we can't take it with us. I'm not going to take time to read this passage. I think it's in your notes, Psalm 49, uh, 7 to, to 20, if you want to read that and see what it says there. God protects us. God, because we can't take it with us. I mean, there's coming a day that when we're done with this world, 
and not a dime that you have. And that's what Psalm 49 tells us about, talks about. We're not taking it with us, but, but we can send it ahead. Matthew chapter 6, 19, 21 says this, Do not store up for yourself treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy, where thieves break in and steal, but store up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where moth and rust do not destroy, where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. Randy Alcorn says, What we keep, we will lose. What we give and share and do in Christ's name will ultimately come back to us in heaven in a far better and permanent form. We we can't hold on to it. We can't keep it, but we can send it ahead. Every time we trust God in our giving, every time we trust God in our service, every time we trust God in our compassion and in our passion, every time we do that, we're actually sending ahead. Uh, there is is for us a reward in heaven, and we'll be rewarded according to what we've done. We literally have a bank account in heaven, and every time we trust God on earth, we're depositing in that account. Motivation. We, we could try to motivate you with guilt. Or, or maybe, maybe sometimes you feel guilty and that's why you give. And I, I would say you're wasting your time. You're wasting your money. We might do it out of responsibility or need or, or thanksgiving, but, but God calls us the biblical, the scriptural ways that we give out of worship. That when I give to the Lord, I'm saying, God, you are God and I'm trusting you. God, you own it all and I'm just here as your overseer. I'm just watching over this stuff, Lord. I'm just your servant. Lord, I'm trusting you. We give out of worship. And when we understand that God produced it, he protects it, and he provides it, we can give in an attitude of worship. Would you bow with me? Father, you've challenged us to trust you. Uh, trust you uh, to the point that we test you and to see if you won't uh, throw open the floodgates of heaven. Lord, uh, it's always a difficult topic to talk about giving. And, and we get uncomfortable with it. We get discouraged by that. We we sometimes feel guilty. But Lord, that's not what you call us to in your word. In fact, your word your word calls us to just simply trust. It's a positive thing. Lord, we can, we can see you work in our life when we trust you. Father, it's just simply us giving you worship, saying you are God and and, and we are not. Father, thank you this morning for this church and this body. Father, help us, help us worship you in every aspect of our life. Would you stand as we uh, sing our decision hymn this morning? As God calls us to simply trust him, it hits every, certainly every aspect of our life. If you need to make a decision, if you have a decision you need to share, we'd invite you to come as we sing.